Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, like and comment on the video. Let us know what you think about the episode, if there's any follow-up questions that you have, or a particular guests that you'd like to have on. We're always checking our YouTube comments and love to be able to hear what you guys want and then incorporate it into a future episode. Today I'm going to be chatting with Logan from Logan Built, and he builds 48... 48s, 47 REs for competition. And I wanted to ask him how he started, how he got started in the transmission business and what his focus is with building transmissions, what kind of parts really work for him, um, things about torque converters, building them to hold power. And I saw he had a post on Facebook not long ago where he was talking about DIY kits, which we know, you know, with how everything's going um, with the economy, any money that we can save in making our trucks either hold up or tow better or last longer. It's always great to be able to save a few bucks. So he's going to tell me about the DIY kits, what goes into them so you can build the transmission yourself, or if you want to take the parts to a transmission builder, and how you can have an upgraded 47 or 48RE that'll hold up to the power that you're throwing at it. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you guys, if you're in the market for a knife, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off discount code for you. Use code 20diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear, They've got a ton of different products to meet any budget. We had them on the podcast earlier this year, and they had a whole bunch of new releases, some really cool knives that are on there. So if you're in the market, head on over. It's a great way to be able to save some money, get some cool gear, whether you need it for EDC or hunting, fishing, something to throw in a toolbox, glove box, something like that. They've got you covered. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Logan and chatting about 4748 REs, how to build a transmission, and also some DIY kits he's got for you. Logan, welcome to these podcasts. Looking forward to chatting with you today. I'm glad we were able to connect, uh, you know, this week. We'll talk diesel trucks, transmissions, and tons of other things. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I followed you on Facebook for a while, and I've, I saw... Uh, I've seen the the YouTube videos that you do, and then also you know transmission and business stuff. And I was just really curious to learn more about you and and what you do, and kind of where this all started, and where you you know where you're headed with uh, like diesel performance and YouTube and things like that. So tell me tell me how your passion for diesel all started, or, or how'd you get involved in uh, the diesel yeah. industry? Sure. So uh, my passion for racing started long before I was born. I'm actually a third generation racer. Uh, my mom and dad actually met at the racetrack. So the drag racing side of things kind of always been in my blood. Uh, the diesel stuff came around back in high school. Uh, I was in uh, 2010, 2011, going into my uh, junior and senior years. Uh, diesel stuff was really starting to get popular uh, where I was from and there in Kentucky. And uh, I didn't know anything about diesels at all, but I was really interested in them because being a racer, uh, you're interested in anything that's that's fast or runs good. And I was so impressed by what you could do to the diesel engine to, you know, just very few modifications uh, to make it run so good and make so much power uh, that I just kind of got hooked on it without even really meaning to. 
and bought my uh, truck that is now my race truck uh, in 2011 when I was still in high school, uh, which was a first gen 12 valve. Uh, started tinkering with that thing and uh, learned how to fix it because I broke it all the time. <laughs> I didn't know at all what I was doing. And uh, my wife always tells the story that uh, we were uh, we've been together since high school. So, uh, I used to pick her up for school on, uh, you know, pretty much every day of the week. And on Mondays I drive my dad's van and she always knew I worked on my truck on Sunday because I would screw <laughs> something up on it. <laughs> so that's kind of how I learned how to, uh, you know, work on the, the engine side of things. And then as I just continued to progress after high school, started getting, you know, jobs where you're making, uh, some, you know, decent money and have some extra money for performance stuff, uh, and you start going a little further and a little further, you find out real quick that the transmission is the weak link. And so I uh, really got into the transmission stuff out of necessity, never really could afford to pay other people to fix stuff and uh, some sense of pride there where you wanted to do it all yourself kind of deal. And I uh, had a good friend of mine, Tim Wright, who showed me how to rebuild transmissions. Uh, he was a really good diesel mechanic at the construction company that we worked at. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes and really taught me a lot of diesel and general knowledge. Uh, but he's the one that showed me how to build the transmissions. And then uh, he also had a truck that uh, another 12 valve truck that we played with a lot. Uh, we raced his a lot more than mine. Uh, I got serious with my build right away. And so uh, it was basically down for eight years while I was building it. Uh, so in that time period, we learned a lot uh, with Tim's trucks and just going and uh you know out of necessity man we go to the track we tear up the transmission we tear up something and you just learn how to make it better and make it better and at that time uh in the industry i seen a big market uh for transmission type work and i just felt like uh, we could probably do something you know pretty serious with that and uh at the time tim and i were going to do it together but he had a really good job at the construction company he was their head guy and uh, i had more of an entry-level job and so uh, i was willing to take the risk and in 2018 i started logan built it's very cool one of the things that uh i always like to to find this out is when i think about a diesel truck there's so many different parts of <clears throat> what makes them fun or even like on the performance side there's companies who build injectors and turbos and intercoolers and there's you know the tuning on the common rail stuff or people are into suspension and overlanding or off-roading and then we get to the transmission part was there something specific about them that really captured you or really interested you that made you passionate about transmissions at first it was totally just necessity just knowing that uh, back in the early days of the 4748s, uh, you know, the aftermarket wasn't quite there for them yet. And so it was pretty well expected that if you were going to make a thousand plus horsepower, you were going to be in those things a lot. So at first, the, you know, the interesting part of it to me was just being able to do it uh, so that way I could afford to fix it on my own. But as I got more and more into racing and as I got older and I learned more, I realized how special a transmission really is because a uh, transmission can make or break a race truck or a race car. I mean, there is tons of ET to be gained and lost just in the transmission. Uh, and I really like the tuning side of things as far as you know, not the engine tuning per se, but uh, just like racetrack tuning uh, and finding every last bit of ET out of you know whatever you have. 
is really what I like. And that stems from not really having any money and not really being able to make a ton of horsepower. So you got to make do with everything that you have. And the transmission is probably the best way uh, to, to get every last bit of ET out of your combo. And so that's what really in, intrigues me about them. When you mentioned that, I was also thinking of the guys who daily drive in tow, because if it's not right, that's a, that's a nightmare too. If if they're having yep. transmission problems and it's not, it's not working. And it's, I don't know, they've always really interested me. I think for kind of the same reason you mentioned is there's so much that goes on in them. And I think early on, uh, way before I was ever involved in diesel, I had a friend like with a truck and it was just tuned. It was a diesel truck tuned. The other one had a built transmission in it. And you could see the difference when they'd race. You could feel the difference in the truck, you know, with the converter and just how nice the shifts were and everything. And it, it's always something that stuck with me is how that, like you said, it does make or break the, the, the either the race truck or the setup or the daily driver. Yep, for sure. Yeah, the daily driver or the towing truck has just as much to gain from it as well, especially for towing when you're trying to uh, be as efficient as possible. Uh, you're trying to get the best fuel mileage. You're trying to tow the best, the least amount of wear and tear on everything. Uh, and really, that's where the converter plays the biggest role in all of that is choosing a really good, efficient converter for a towing setup uh, or even, you know, just a street, you know, low horsepower truck that's really focused on fuel economy. Uh, I work a lot with Gearin. I've got a really close relationship with those guys. And they've got uh, lots of different stall options for all kinds of different stuff. But their low stall stuff they do for like towing and the lower end street guys, they're really nice stuff. With stall speed, I'm thinking of the guy who daily drives and tows. Is is there a particular range where it's just dialed in? If you have a stock or close to stock turbo, you need this particular stall speed. Like, does it vary a bit between a 12 valve, a VP44, and a, a 5.9 common rail? you know, the, the RPM range you want it at for, for something you drive every day? It definitely varies for each different engine combination, but the closer you run them to stock, the more that uh, you get into that one converter fits all type situation. Uh, in the past, I always, for anything that was like, say a common rail truck with a 30 or 50 horsepower tune, all the way to a 12 valve truck with, you know, some timing and maybe the fuel turned up just a little bit, uh, stock turbo type stuff the 15 SS stator that Gearin has uh, is, was my go-to. Uh, that thing was toes awesome and you could do a lot with it. Now that that stator is getting harder and harder to come by because that was actually a stock application type stator. Uh, they're having to do some things a little differently now and they've come out with a whole new line of stators and they actually have more options than before. Uh, they've, they're actually using some, uh, some Dodge Allison parts. So they're, using uh, Allison converters and Dodge converters to, to make a converter with a desired stall speed. And so now because of them doing that, uh, they're able to come out with even better stator designs. And so there's actually about three different options for those lower stall stuff. And they all respond a little bit differently. Uh, so like the DZ stator that they have is probably perfect for that guy that has a stock truck or maybe just a 30 horsepower tune, and he wants to put all the power he can to the ground and for it to be as efficient as possible outside of lockup, uh, that converter acts tight, uh, but still has really nice street driving manners, but it couples very well, so it's very efficient, uh, which is also easier on the lockup clutches. So the life of that converter is gonna be very, very long. 
the DA converter, they call it, uh, is very similar to the older 15 SSs. It's a lower stall and uh, it couples well, drives well. If you have maybe a little bit bigger set of injectors, like maybe some 30 or 60% overs, that's probably a good stall for you. Uh, and then the stock stall is also a good option too uh, for guys that might have a little bit more fuel and a little bit more air, you know, something a little bit bigger turbo, a little bit more fuel, but you still do tow with it. Uh, that's going to act a lot more like a stock converter does. Um, and it's going to allow it, you know, to gain some engine RPM uh, to get the turbo up and moving. So there's really, you know, a couple different combinations, but really those three are the go-to for the the more entry-level or towing kind of guy. How important would you say is the relationship between the torque converter and then the transmission build? Because it, it, it's one of those parts of upgrades that really interest me because you have, you, know, you mentioned Gorin and I know there's other companies out there that might, you know, that make converters, but then somebody either might take their transmission to a local place or something like that, but they work so closely together that I think it's incredibly important to have them, whoever's building your transmission, you want them, they're probably gonna want to know what kind of converter you have and what stall speed is, all these other sorts of things. But I think if, if people aren't they haven't shopped for a transmission before, or they're just new to this. They might not know how important that relationship is. So I wanted to ask you if you could tell me a little bit about that as a builder, how important the torque converter is to what you're doing inside the transmission. Yeah, for sure. The relationship of the converter to the rest of the transmission is everything. Uh, it is as important as the relationship of the valve body to everything else in the transmission. Uh, that combination has to work together. There is a specific recipe for every transmission build. Uh, there's lots and lots of different aftermarket parts for these things out there. And you can't really just go grab this part from this company and this from this company and mix and match uh, because every single part in a 4748 is specific to each other. And if you go and just mix and match, you really don't know uh, what you have. And the recipe is something that you spend a lot of time building. You know, I've spent the last almost five years now building my recipe uh, specific for the gear and converter, specific for the gear and valve body, the Sonex parts, all of those parts. And you learn exactly how all of those interact with each other. And so you're able to dial it in and provide somebody a really nice product. Uh, that's actually why when you buy a transmission from me, you have to get the converter with it. It's included uh, because the converter is just as important, as you said, as, as anything else. You could have a perfectly set up transmission, but if you, you know, put a cheaper converter in it or even a converter that's, you know, expensive, but just not set up for that valve body, that input shaft, the way that you know your recipe, uh, you're kind of rolling a dice on what you have. And nine times out of 10, uh, it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. Uh, and then, you know, you have premature failures, customers upset, the builders upset. Uh, it's just a much better relationship for everybody. If you start off with all the parts that the builder wants to have, and that kind of leads into uh, when, if you're a DIY type of guy, make sure that you're buying all the parts from one person is my recommendation. Uh, getting, you know, the, the choosing here and this and that, that, you know, you can come up with this, uh, products that work, but if you need any tech support, if you need any help, uh, you're kind of in this weird little world of, oh, well, call the converter guy, call the, the valve body guy. Yeah. Uh, and if you're buying everything from the same person, it makes it so much easier. 
That's a really good point because it's so hard, especially with all the parts that are moving in them and the hydraulic pressures and just everything involved in a transmission. And then you have a bunch of different parts that are from different places trying to troubleshoot that. I mean, I see it on Facebook a lot. Some of the Facebook groups or Instagram, it's, yep. it's almost impossible to do it. But yeah, I was thinking about the transmission itself and I know something that people ask a lot is what, what things should I avoid when I'm, you know, going to have a transmission built? What, what are some places I shouldn't, you know, either, I don't want to say cheap out on, but maybe not invest in is a better word. And when it comes to billet shafts or different things like that. So when somebody calls you or you're at the racetrack or something, they say, Hey, the 48's out in my O three or the 47 in my 98 and a half. What do you tell them are really like three key things that they should not go cheap on, definitely invest in for their use to be able to make sure that it lasts? Yeah. So number one is uh, if you are going to buy your own parts, uh, buy them from whoever is either going to be doing the build for you uh, or if you're doing the build yourself, buy all the parts from the same guy so that way he can help you. Uh, a converter is definitely uh, one of those key items. It depends on what you're doing. If you're going to be towing uh, over 10,000 pounds, I like to do a triple disc converter on anything, you know, 10,000 pounds and up. When I do a triple disc converter, it always gets a billet input shaft. Uh, and then you always want to do a valve body at the same time. You need to increase the line pressure, firming up the shifts. Uh, the billet input shaft is needed because of the added shock load of the triple disc converter is harder on the input shaft. So uh, those are really three things that are a must, in my opinion. Uh, things that are also easy to overlook, but they're cheap and they're worth it, uh, is billet servos, the billet accumulator. Those things are very leaky from the factory. And so as you go and increase line pressure, if you don't upgrade those small parts, uh, the leaks just become worse uh, and you're somewhat defeating the purpose of your upgraded valve body. Uh, and they're really not that much money in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about spending a couple thousand dollars on a valve body and a converter and an input. You know, what's another 100, 200 bucks on the billet parts uh, for the servos and the accumulator to really make sure all that stuff is sealed up and working together? Another thing that people don't think about with those parts is that they're all in bores. And so the more transmission, the more miles your transmission has, the more those servos have moved up and down, they wear into those bores. So a lot of that stuff is made out of billet, not necessarily because it needs to be stronger, but because it needs added sealing rings. It needs to be able to compensate for wear in those bores to help seal the pressure up. And then a... Uh, a deep pan kit is something that I always recommend on anything, even if it's an entry level transmission. Uh, and I like the the gear and stuff. You're going to see a recurring theme with me with the gear and stuff. <laughs> I really believe it to be the the top tier stuff out there. Uh, the their deep pan kits are great. They're they're not overly expensive. Uh, the way that they're designed is really cool because the inside of the pan is sumped to the center. But then on the outside of the pan, it's uh, the way that they have the design at the bottom is flat. So it sits nice on a transmission jack. And they you run a filter spacer with those. And the filter spacer is the really important part that I see a lot of people overlook. Uh, you want to get the filter lower into the fluid when you go increasing the line pressure. 
And that's because if you don't, the way that the factory 4748 transmissions are built, uh, they'll actually, the fluid level will drop below the filter during the shifts. And so it'll actually cavitate the pump uh, for a very, very split second. And this is easiest to see on uh, like a race truck that has uh, line pressure data. Uh, you can see the drops in line pressure. But then if you go and put a filter spacer on it, get that filter lower in the pan, the drops will go from 100 PSI to 20 PSI. It's kind of a, amazing how big of a deal that the, the filter spacer really is. So that would be my go-to uh, setup for, for anybody would definitely be with those, those parts there. Two things you mentioned. One of them, um, you know, with a drop in line pressure, those clutches can't take a lot of, of slip. So I could see how that would be incredibly important on a daily driver or especially a race truck putting a ton of power through something really quick is, you know, to go from 100 PSI to 20, there's going to be some damage inside that thing. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, the other part you mentioned, and I just thought to ask this, is when it comes to billet input shafts, I see a lot of different names or different types of material and things like that. What is, are they all really different? Are some better than others? What, what's the story on the, on billet shafts? I know we're talking about the input, which is probably the most common one upgraded, but I'm, I'm even a little confused on that. You know, what's, what's the difference between them? For sure. The input shaft is the most important one when it comes to the manufacturer and the material that it's made out of, uh, I really like the Sonic stuff. I like the 300M material that they use. I know some other companies use an Aramit shaft. Uh, the Aramit is supposed to be a little bit stronger, but that Sonic 35 spline, nobody has ever hurt one. Uh, I like the 300M because it has some torsional twist to it. So it'll actually take a little bit of a shock load as to where a true billet shaft, uh, if, you, if it twists much at all, it, it'll just snap. So the Sonex is kind of a little bit more forgiving. The really big thing on the input shaft, though, is the lockup release hole. Uh, that diameter of that hole is very important. Some of these companies out there, uh, it's a really small diameter hole. And you can see this from the outside of the transmission, just looking at the front of the input shaft, uh, the size of that hole in the input. The, the really small ones are going to restrict cooler flow. It's going to have a slower release. And that release is what's actually applying the lockup clutch. So the smaller the hole, the more time it takes to get the fluid out, the slower the clutch comes on, meaning more wear in the converter. And you're also starving the cooler circuit uh, at the same time. So that's also never good because you don't want to have any starvation in the cooler circuit. Uh, your intermediate shaft can actually start to try to gall to the uh, piston support back there. So there's several issues that can happen with that. Uh, to be fair, that's the higher horsepower you go, the more that matters. If you have a lower horsepower truck, a uh, stock truck or something, it doesn't matter as much. Uh, but as you start to get into a looser stall converter, that very small lockup release hole can actually uh, drag the lockup clutches during spool up, uh, even if it is a gearing converter that has protection against that, just because uh, there's just not enough fluid volume leaving there. Uh, so that's why all of the shafts that I sell and all of my builds get the Sonex ones. They're the OEM style diameter, uh, which is really important. I'm seeing the importance of the DIY side, and, and I definitely wanted to chat with you about that next because on Facebook, I saw this DIY kit that you have. And I think of friends that I have, people I've known over the years, 
I think part of being a diesel truck enthusiast is you like to tackle things yourself. And that's just like the foundation of you want to do it yourself. And when it comes to the transmission, it can be so daunting. I mean, I've talked with guys who will rebuild their engines and they won't touch a transmission. And (laughs) it can be kind of intimidating a little bit. So I wanted to ask you about those kits. If you could tell me more about them, what they're designed for. Maybe somebody might have you know, a request for kind of a custom application or or just what all is included. I definitely want to learn more about them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for sure. So the reason that I uh, really came out with the kits uh, is because I'm no no longer doing uh, like stock to like 800 horsepower builds. I'm focusing all of my in-house builds on a thousand horsepower and up stuff, uh, catering to the higher horsepower guy, the the racing type guy. That's the direction I'm kind of going with my business, but I didn't want to leave out uh, all the other people, which is really truthfully the vast majority of the industry uh, that is looking for something stock to 800 horsepower. And I had gotten a lot of requests for rebuild kits. And uh, now that I have time to help a little bit more with the assembly process and the troubleshooting, uh, now I can offer those kits. Before when I was doing all the builds, I just didn't have time to uh, offer the tech support that comes along with uh, selling rebuild kits to people. So now that uh, I have the time, that's why I'm offering the kits. Uh, and I've noticed that with the way the economy has gone uh, and everything, that uh, there's more and more people back to DIYing. I felt like uh, there was a stretch of time where people were just paying chops. And I think that we're starting to kind of go back the other way. Uh, people are trying to save a buck and they're wanting to do it themselves. Uh, so I wanted to be able to uh, offer somebody a rebuild kit with, hey, these are the exact same parts. Uh, it's the same as me doing the build for you, except I'm not doing the build. You are. And uh, so, like I mentioned before, it's going to be all gear and stuff in those kits. Uh, they're going to depend on power level, uh, what all you get. So starting with like an entry level transmission, that's something that's, you know, stock truck, uh maybe a 30 horsepower, 50 horsepower tune max. You do not want to go over like 400 horsepower. Uh, you're going to get a single disc converter. You're going to get a gear and valve body. You're going to get a gear and deep pan kit. You're going to get, uh, I like to run GPZ clutches in just about everything I run. Um, they're an aggressive clutch, but with the right valve body, uh, they can still shift nice and smooth uh, for a you know daily driver type transmission. Uh, I believe that they're the best clutch on the market and that they last the longest. Uh, So I do like those. So pretty much run those and everything. Uh, We may or may not do choline steels, depending on the power level. The entry level is probably just going to get the regular steels. It doesn't need the cholines. And you're going to always get those billet servos, billet accumulator, all that stuff that fixes the leaks. Uh, Every build gets a gear in Belleville spring. Uh, The Belleville spring is something that I feel like is often overlooked. It's the spring that pushes the apply piston for the forward clutches back in every time you put it in neutral uh, or reverse. So every time you drop it in drive, the apply piston applies, and then there has to be a spring to push that back in. 
Well, when you go increasing the line pressure, you're asking more of that spring because you're hitting it harder. So Garen came out with a Belleville spring that's 50% thicker. It has a steel spacer instead of a plastic one. So it takes up that deflection and it really could be the difference of the transmission lasting a hundred thousand miles or 30,000 miles uh, with the stock Belleville spring, because the stock springs can overextend from the high pressure. And then once they do that, they flatten out. Once they flatten out, they lose their spring tension and then it's over. It burns up the forward clutches. So uh, that's something that's going to come in in every single kit or build that I do. Uh, the Just all of these little parts that take it from being a stock rebuild to a really nice, reliable, something that, you know, not necessarily meant for horsepower, but meant for this is, you know, how it should have been built stock type of build. And then from there, uh, like the entry level 2.0, that's all, that's our base. So that's always going to be the same. And then we just start adding parts uh, based on power. So like an entry level 2.0, something that you can make about 500 horsepower with, uh, that's a good safe stopping point, something that you're towing less than 10,000 pounds. Uh, if you've got a boat or something that you tow with, uh, still the same single disc converter. We'll upgrade the input from stock to a, a gear and economy input. And then we'll also do a billet flex plate as well. Uh, the billet flex plate is really important north of 400 horsepower, uh, especially on a 12-valve truck uh, or a first-gen because those things are really thin. Um, they're very known to crack and break. So billet flex plate is, is a very important add-on above 400 horsepower. And then the 600 horsepower build from the 500, that's when you're going to get into your triple disc. Uh, that's where you're going to get into your Sonex input shaft. And that's really the build that I recommend for guys that are towing, you know, race trailers, hay trailers, the guys that are going towing 15,000 plus pounds on a regular basis, even if the truck is stock, you know, in stock form uh, because of the environment that that lives in. Too many times, often guys just look at horsepower ratings on transmission stuff yeah. and they don't think about how they're using that transmission. Uh, you could have a 600 horsepower truck and just put it on the dyno once or twice a year, and you could probably get away with an entry-level transmission. But you could have a stock truck, and you could tow 25,000 pounds with it, and that entry-level is not going to hold up for you. It's just those one that one lockup clutch in the converter, that stock flex plate, that stock input, it's not going to live in that sort of environment. That's a really good point with the power ratings, because I, I think that that happens a lot <clears throat> when you're shopping for transmissions or you see ratings. You think, well, my truck's at 450, 475. I don't need that 600. But I I, I think just the, the, the daily mileage, the towing, it's probably even harder on transmissions than that 1,000 horsepower, 800 horsepower, you know, race down the track for, you know, 11, 10, 11 seconds, whatever it might be. And so that's, I think that's a really good point that you made. So from there, you know, if I had like a 700 horsepower build or, you know, something like that, I could call up, tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to do this myself. Um, and then I could get all set up with the parts. So then it's all basically everything I would get if I had taken the truck to you and you built it for me. Yep. Yep. You're going to get all the same parts. Uh, you're just not going to get me. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> difference. Uh, but, you know, uh, tech support, I can't say that uh, I can walk you through, you know, how to build your transmission from scratch, you know, if you've never done one before. Uh, but if, you know, if you do have some questions and stuff, every uh, every one of those kits is going to get an ATSG book, which is extremely helpful um, for not only the person building the transmission, but for also 
uh, me in case they do have a problem. Uh, there's a lot of different terminology in this world. Some people call something this, we call it that, vice versa. And it's nice to have that ATSG book to go, okay, open this up, go to page 13, figure A. And, and you know, okay, that's what you're calling that. Yes, this is what you need to do here. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's, as far as like custom tailored to your build, uh, pretty much everything is. Uh, I keep all this stuff in stock for the most part, uh, but like the valve body is going to be specific to what you're doing. Uh, we might do a constant pressure valve body, depending on what your setup is, or we might do a ranging pressure valve body. You might want to do a full manual valve body. Uh, and so that's going to require a completely different transmission setup than the ranging pressure. Uh, so everything is, is definitely, uh, it's, generic in the sense of you can hop on a website and check out what you're getting but when it comes down to actually ordering it there's that's when we're going to go over the specifics and say okay well if this is what you're getting then you need to set this up like this and this and that's where uh having that atsg book and giving you the clutch clearances and all of that stuff uh really comes in handy that's a that's a really good point that you, you made earlier and i'm seeing how this all fits together when you said that people are tending to want to do things themselves now and you know with money being tight or just maximizing your budget yeah it's so that's so important and it also kind of transitioned for me as well when you had mentioned how you started and then you were putting transmissions together and you have a little bit more time now to kind of step back and, and organize this stuff and i'm always really curious about the business side of things so i wanted to ask you about that what what did you learn through that process of you know kind of jumping into this people are calling up, you know, wanting transmissions and stuff, and then stepping back a little bit to see the bigger picture, to have the time to put together a kit like this, or to be able to organize different processes. What was that like? The biggest thing is educating the customer on what they need. Uh, that's the biggest thing I feel like lacks in this industry is a good understanding for the customer of what they need. Uh, a lot of guys don't really know uh they think they know but then once you talk to them and you explain this stuff to them uh they're like oh wow we you know we had no idea uh they're not aware of a lot of the products that already exist um and so you know that's from a marketing standpoint an educational type standpoint uh and that's why i really try to do my youtube stuff i try to use that as a platform to uh educate people on what is out there why you want this versus this uh and so that was another driving force behind stepping away from doing some of the lower end builds, give myself more time to educate people uh, that are interested in DIYing or interested in buying these from somebody, uh, have a little bit more time for that. So that way we can get good information out there. All too many times I see people that dump a lot of money into transmission stuff and they really don't have what they thought they had. Uh, and they end up having to buy a lot of stuff again they lose money selling stuff uh and and i see so many times that that drives people to quit uh it makes people want to leave the sport the more money the easier it is to quit so uh i try to really take the time to educate people that's the point of the youtube is to publicly educate people so maybe we can save some people the heartache uh on the front side and keep these guys in the sport because every person that quits it doesn't just affect me, the transmission builder, or Garen, the converter builder. It affects the engine builder, the injector company, the turbo company. Uh, we don't ever want anybody, anybody in the industry doesn't want anybody to quit. Uh, and I think that the first step to growing it and keeping people here is educating them on what's available. 
Man, that is an awesome point. And it, it gets me kind of fired up because people will ask me sometimes, why do you do a podcast? And it's not for the money. <laughs> Trust me, it's not like, it's no. not like <laughs> I'm not Joe Rogan here. But <laughs> I I understood that a long time ago. And I've, I've known people that have gotten out of it because they, you know, they did the turbos and the injectors and the CP3 and the tuning. And then they went through nine, you know, nightmare transmission situations and they just sold the truck. They said, throw a stock one in it. And they just went on to something else with all the different competing things that are out there, you know, like EVs are huge right now and the cost of things. It's it's an it's an industry that I think has been under assault for a long time in a bunch of different ways. But every person that leaves, it's hard to find somebody else to replace it. So what can we do to educate? And that's really like where this podcast came from is I thought, well, let me get somebody on that, that builds engines. Maybe they can save somebody. I'm not making a dime if, if somebody buys, you know, an engine or transmission or turbo. But if we can help make that process better um, so they're happier with it. They're going to talk to their friends. They're going to tell people, yeah, man, I got this set up on my, you know, my common rail. I love it. Um, you know, these are the parts I went with. This is the build I did. And I think the more people are educated and happier, the longer they stay in it and they pass that on and it affects, you know, more people. Like you said, the engine builder, the, the turbo builder, the so many different kind of builders that are out there, companies that make products. That's a, that's a really good point that you mentioned. Yeah. The uh, other thing that I educate people on a lot too is, uh, building within your means. It's very easy to get wrapped up and you want to go, uh, say, 590 racing or you want to try to build a pro street truck. Uh, and until you've done those things, you have no clue what they take. Uh, not even just the money side of things, but the the second job that it becomes, maintaining it, staying on top of it. At some point, uh, when you get so far into racing, all of these parts and components just become passing through. Uh, and what matters is just how long they're going to live for. And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. And it goes back to the education thing where I just think that a lot of people think that they can jump in, they can spend the money once and they can run, you know, whatever number that it is in their head that they're going to run. And, and that's the end of it. <clears throat> and it's really not the case. Uh, the whole, if you can't afford to build it twice, don't build it. That's kind of a little out of proportion, but the the concept is right. Is you know, I see guys that spend all of their money the first the one time around. They invest everything into it, and there's nothing left to fix it. And those are the guys that always quit first because they weren't educated on what this really takes. They thought it was something different than what it really is. First time that it breaks or has a failure, uh, that's when they're out. So racing or building a diesel truck in general within your means is super, super important because you'll have a lot more fun at 800 or 1,000 horsepower being able to go out and make laps than you might at 2,000 horsepower and you race it three times a year and you fix it and save up and fix it for the rest of the year. Uh, that's that's really the the thing that I see a lot of that I try to really educate people on. Now, on your YouTube channel, what sort of topics do you cover? Is it is it mostly transmissions? Does it is it also racing a, a bit? What uh, what kind of topics would people find on there? It depends on uh, the time of year. It seems like, and it, uh, <laughs> in the in the winter time when there's not a lot, any racing going on, uh, we talk a lot uh, of transmission stuff. Talk a lot about uh, suspension stuff. You know, updates, things to do to your truck, where to spend money out on your truck and stuff. Uh, and then come, you know, race season, I like to try to keep race content out there 
my my goal with every single video I do is for somebody to take something away from it that they learn something. Uh, I don't ever want to do a video where somebody didn't say, well, I didn't learn anything on that video. Uh, there's plenty of channels out there that you can watch solely for entertainment. Uh, and so I try to keep mine. Uh, I try to keep it fun. And, you know, I want people to watch. I want people to come back and watch. But uh, I keep it, you know, hey, you're going to learn something here. And I'm super transparent on there. Uh, if if I mess something up or if, you know, I do something wrong, uh, racing will humble you so fast. If you think you got this stuff figured out, just go to the track the next time. Something will <laughs> – you'll learn something that you didn't know the time before. Uh, and I think it's really good to – back to the education thing is to let people know what the struggles are. So that way when they experience those struggles, they understand that, hey, like even the guys – uh, that do it for a living, you know, go, go through this. This isn't just me. And and it helps get you, you know, you don't get as down on yourself as much. Uh, I am my worst critic. I am my biggest critic. And uh, it's really easy for me to get down on myself because uh, I expect so much. And so I uh, just try to be super transparent with that kind of stuff, to, you know, to help people. And then uh, also, you know, showing people what goes into this. So that way, uh, they know where they want to stop and start. You know, they they know how far they want to go with this or not. There's a lot of people that they want to go 590, you know, uh, and that's awesome. Like you can go 590 and you can do it uh, if, you know, if you're smart and you take your time and you plan it all out, you can do that without spending uh, a whole house on it. Uh, but a lot of the times that's the same guy that wants to drive the truck around still. And it's, uh, you know, that fine line of, Hey, do you, do you like your diesel truck or do you want to be a racer? Uh, and, and, you know, showing people like, Hey, this is what it takes to race. This is the fun you can have by, you know, not going quite to this level. That's a good point. And people, if they go on YouTube, do they just search Logan built? Yep. Yeah. It's just Logan built. Uh, it'll pop up if you search it. Yep. I'm going to have to subscribe, check out uh, some of these videos. I, I love learning about the, even if I'm not planning a build or anything like that, I just love to learn and, and just be able to understand what I'm getting into. That happens so much. We see something, especially on like Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or something. And we think, man, I really want that, but we don't have the full concept of all that's going to go into it and all the costs and the time. It's yeah. what it helps to. It helps to see that. And I know there's probably a ton of questions. Somebody's probably like, oh, ask them about the clutches or ask them about the steals that I didn't <laughs> think to ask when you were on the podcast today. But how can people find your website, reach out to you, ask questions, learn more, um, you know, maybe, whether it's about a DIY kit or maybe they have a race truck and they need a transmission for it? Yeah. So the easiest way just to stay up to date on the uh, more day-to-day -day type stuff that I'm doing and whatnot is on the YouTube channel there, uh, Logan Built. I don't post a whole lot on uh, Instagram or Facebook and stuff, but uh, you can find me on there too. Uh, you know, under my name, Logan Yelton, the word Logan built on Instagram. Uh, and then my website is www.getloganbuilt.com. So really simple. Uh, and you can see all of the builds that are on there. You can check out the rebuild kits, uh, apparel, parts, uh, do quite a few uh, little small parts that really help people's lives out. A lot of people really like the, uh, the manual valve body shifter cable brackets that I sell, uh, they bolt to the ear of the transmission instead of on the pan rail. Every pan is different. And those brackets, you always end up having to grind on the pan or grind the brackets. And every time you want to drop your pan, you got to change your shift linkage <laughs> and make sure you readjust it. And, and uh, from a racing standpoint, you, you know, you're servicing those things a lot. 
And so I just got so tired of like, there's got to be a better solution to this. And then uh, every one of those 4748 REs has an ear up by the front cooler line. And so I just uh, made a nice stainless steel laser cut bracket bolts right up there. They're cheap and uh, save you a lot of headaches. So I have a few parts like that. You guys can check out on there on the website as well. Well, it was really cool to chat with you. I appreciate your approach. It's really refreshing and uh, how forward thinking you are with the market, what people want and being able to deliver different things that they're, they're looking for and the education part. Like, you know, we talked about, we share that in common um, a lot as it pertains to diesels. And so I think, I think what you're doing, um, not just for, your business or racing, but just in general with diesel and people who own them is really important. So it's really cool to chat with you. I appreciate your time today, sitting down with me, scheduling this and uh, yeah, keep me updated on some cool things you guys are working on the race truck, stuff like that throughout the year. For sure. Yeah. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. Great way to be able to save some money, get some cool gear. Whether you're a knife enthusiast or into different blade stills, handle materials, opening mechanisms, or you need something you just throw in a toolbox to keep in your pocket for EDC or hunting, fishing, something that you can work hard. They've got a bunch of different choices um, for you, so head on over, check it out. If you're in the market, use code 20diesel, great way to save some money. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, John Caleb, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who are watching on YouTube, podcast apps, if you're on our Discord chatting about trucks, we appreciate all the support the diesel community has given us over the years, and we have some really cool shows in 2023 to be able to deliver to you. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.